Hi, this is Ron Darling. Uh, this is Skip Lockwood. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Mets Musings. We're going to get right to it this week because there's not a lot of stuff to do, but I figured if we get enough guys together with big mouths, we can get through a whole show or two. <laughs> so let me bring in the usual cast of characters here. Uh, our usual, uh, as you would say, uh, uh, scoundrels. We've got Jeff Cohen and Len Abram from uh, Baseball and Barbecue. And my former co-host and good friend, Barry Newman, is joining us as usual. And we're going to be discussing some baseball stuff and some Mets stuff today. And uh, guys, let's start it off with the um, the MLB playoffs this year. Now, if you don't mind, I'll start. And, and I, I got to confess to you that I'm actually enjoying them uh, more than I did the regular season. I don't know what it is. I, I, uh, I think this, I shouldn't say I don't know why. I think it's three main reasons why I'm enjoying it. Um, one is I love the format of no day offs. I just love it. I just think it's terrific. I think it opens up the whole game. I think it, it just, the, the strategy uh, a manager has to imply about uh, using pitchers and stuff, I just think it works. Is none of that. You get two games and then the other the other league plays and you don't know who's playing where or on what channel. Uh, this way you know there's going to be a game every day, and I think it's a great test for these, these uh, you know, for the players. Um I also have to admit that I kind of like the neutral field. Uh, weather's not an issue. You don't have to worry about that. No rainouts, nothing like that. Um, I kind of like that idea. And uh, I just think it works. I think it's, it's – uh, I'm not crazy about the 16 teams, but you know what? Everybody's going there, so – you might as well keep it. I I love the wild card being three games instead of the one and done. I think it's a fairer test. Uh, again, as long the, the caveat here is the days off in between. As I heard a, 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 a pundit say, if you want a day off, then go out and sweep your series. Go out and play hard. But I, I tell you, I think we've seen more terrific plays in this uh, this playoff than we've had in uh, uh, a number of years. And uh, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you. Oh, Gary, I would say that there is the, the first two reasons that you gave, the no days off and the neutral sites, they actually have to go hand in hand. Because if you don't have a neutral site, you're going to have to fly from one city to the other. So this way, it has to be a day off in between. Uh, I, I do like the neutral sites just because the average person like, like us, except for maybe Len, who has uh, full of money bags, yeah. can, you know, can't afford to go to a playoff game now, nowadays anyway. If, you know, for the Mets, you know, can we go afford to go to a, a playoff game? Probably not. So I, I, you know, I don't mind the neutral field. I don't like playing the uh, playoffs and World Series late in October, early November. It gets too cold. Who wants to watch the summer game when it's freezing outside? So I, I don't mind the neutral field. And you know what? People who can afford to go to the game can afford to travel there. Uh, I don't mind the, uh, the, the no days off. I, I think that's great as, as well. Although the games still take, God, too too yeah, too long. Yes, yes. Uh, unbelievably long. But one thing I would say, I think with expanded playoffs, I think that's a way for owners to suppress salaries because, you know, if they know, you know, more than half teams getting into the playoffs – 
Why should they go all out for, for a tournament type thing where it's not always the best team wins, it's the best team that's playing at that time. So I think it might be a way to suppress salaries so they, they don't have to go for the extra, you know, extra couple of million dollars for that, put them over the top when they're probably guaranteed to go in the playoffs anyway. Uh, Barry? I have no problem with the no days off, but all this is prefaced by the fact that we have to remember this was not a real season. It was a 60-game exhibition season, and everything, at least hopefully, is for this year and this year only. So for this year, I'm okay with the no days off and playing the games at, at the neutral sites. Like, like, like Jeff said, this was done out of necessity as far as 16 teams being in the playoffs. So let's hope that's a one-and-done because it devalues the season on a 60-game exhibition season to make up some of the lost revenue i understand but going forward let's hope they if not go back to the old format let's say no more than say uh, six teams per league in in the postseason len gary i was actually i was counting my money and then i got a phone call it was the hospital rob manfred is apparently in there recovering from a heart attack because he heard that you liked some things that he did. And he just, he went into, they're they're worried because he, he just, (laughs) I I mean, wow. Is that what it's going to take to get rid of him? (laughs) Oh, come on. Come on. Every time. I want to have him as a guest on baseball and barbecue. And you just, uh, anyway, um, I agree. I like the format. Um, one thing Jeff said, and I, I don't disagree with the whole player salary thing, except there's no guarantee of the team making the playoffs. You had eight teams from each league and the Mets still didn't make the playoffs. Okay. So I don't totally agree with that. Yes, there may be some teams which, you know, maybe they, they're, they're, you know, they, they say, well, we don't, do we really need to spend the extra to get that player? But it's no guarantee, as you see, even with eight teams, there are teams that are not going to get in. Uh, but, it, but it may work that way. It may work the way Jeff says. Uh, I do like the neutral sites. Because basically when it does come down to it, at least in the World Series, um, you're not getting the real fans of those teams that are going to the games. It's all corporate at that point. But the playoffs, I think you're still getting, you you are still getting some of the fans of the teams. And uh, I, I think that they are deprived. But of course, the only way you're going to have what you said is the same thing. Uh, I think Jeff said is you can't have travel because if you have travel, then you have to have the off days. So, you know, it's, it depends what you, what you like best about it, but I do like the, I like the neutral sites. I like the, uh, uh, the uh, every day, but the only thing with the every day again is you, you depriving the fans of the playoffs, the fans that rooted for the team all year. Maybe make the World Series in a neutral site, but I, I think you still keep the playoffs at the at the uh, teams' parks. Well, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, and and I kind of like the idea of the World Series uh, being in a neutral site because I think it might add more um, excitement to the whole thing uh, sort of like the Super Bowl does you know I know it's, it's a difference between one game and seven but I just think uh, that it would add something to it that the game needs now and I think the game has a big opportunity at this point because really uh, I, I believe uh, basketball and football have blown it this year completely with the politics and especially basketball. I mean, their ratings were in the toilet. Nobody really watched. Nobody really cares that the Lakers won. Uh, The the ratings, I think, were down 50% from last year. 
and last year it was down. So they're they're really uh, crashing, and a lot of it, as the, their own commissioner admitted it, that it was the politics that they got too deep into that and it turned off a lot of people. And I think if baseball has the opportunity to tweak some things to uh, uh, make the game more interesting, I think they, you know, they have a golden opportunity here. Now I do think that. Uh, I hate to disagree with my friend Jeff there, but I, I think that, uh, uh, in a way, these playoffs may incent in in give an incentive to some of these teams like the Marlins who made it. They might be they might willing to spend some money now to get some players where they may be lacking to uh, uh, you know to either get higher in the wild card or to even win a division to compete more with the Atlanta Braves. That's just the thought. I think. Let me just comment on that, okay. Gary. And it's back to what Barry said in a 60 game season, you know, any team could struggle for two months. Uh, look at the nationals last year and they went, win the world series. And it's always a surprise team after two months. I think last year was Seattle the year before with Detroit, you know, who, who do well for two months and then they fade. That's what happened. That's why I believe it happened with the Marlins this year. Yeah, and you know, I I agree, but I think they they believe that they have the nu- nucleus there and that they can add to it. Uh, but I would think that going forward, if they were to keep this similar or or close to it format uh, in the playoffs, I. I really believe that somewhere down the line, the regular season will be cut either to 154 or to 148, and more emphasis will be placed onto the playoffs, and uh, that way they'll get it in the same amount of time as, you know, we won't be playing in November, and I think eventually they're going to find that they're going to go to a neutral site just for the weather purposes. Uh, there's enough domes around. There's enough, uh, you know, uh, God, there's tons of fair weather uh, uh, sites around that they could go to. So I, I believe that they're going to do this somewhere down the line. I, I don't disagree. I mean, you, you can play in Milwaukee. You can play in Toronto. Uh, obviously, Arizona, the Florida states, Texas, California. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm not going to play in Detroit or Minnesota, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't see them cutting the season. I think once you have 162 games, it's going to stay that way. I think the more likelihood that you might see is expansion, maybe by two teams and going to eight, four team divisions, unbalancing the schedule, and maybe even having some real double headers going forward <gasps> with a with a. <laughs> and I hope that doesn't hurt Rob any more than he might already be. <laughs> I think he's on life support now, Barry. <laughs> oh, well, then I, I feel so guilty. But the, the point is, a way to make the game grow is to possibly add a couple of teams to Marlins to piggyback the Jeff said. You guys killed him. You killed Rob. <laughs> anyway, to piggyback what Jeff said about the Marlins, I don't believe the Marlins are for real. And I think in a 162 game season, they, they would have been exposed and would not have gotten into the playoffs and getting back to, I guess we'll say a minor realignment, maybe going to the eight, four team divisions, kind of copycatting what the national football league does having the unbalanced schedule. So the rivalries between the Mets and Nationals, the Mets and Phillies, Cubs, Cardinals, Giants, Dodgers, and Yankees, Red Sox, et cetera, et cetera, get stronger. <laughs> also, it would decrease the travel. And, of course, that would be a revenue-saving opportunity for Major League Baseball. As far as the postseason, I could see MLB going to what the NFL has adopted, although they're adding a team this year to the postseason, but going to the four division and two wild card teams. And if they feel they have to add a third team in, so be it. But at least giving some importance to win, to being the regular season champion, the playoff format this year 
eliminated that entirely, except for those series being the home team. Winning the division meant nothing this year. And over 162 games, I think the regular season division champion should be rewarded with something. Okay, so who do we like in the World Series? Let's go around. Len, who do you think is going to take it all? Yeah, oh, boy. Um, I will say I'm going to stay with the National League. Oh, you know what? I'll say the Dodgers. Why not? Safe pick. Yeah, it, well, it's well. They are no. You know what? They are down uh, two, two to one, one right now as we record this. So I mean, they trounced yesterday. Yeah, you know they they really they gave uh, Atlanta a shellacking, but um, that's only one game. But yeah, I'll, I'll say the Dodgers. It's probably their time. Barry, agree with Lynn. Also saying the Dodgers. I'm a little worried about their closer situation. And I'm sure we're going to get into this later on when we talk about the Mets. But I would think the Dodgers, with their current closer, who can barely break 90 miles an hour, may want to look to the Mets, who have one that throws considerably harder than that. But that's for later on. I'll take the Dodgers versus the Rays. That's what I picked before the start of it. And it would mean, even though it was only 60 games, it would put the two teams with the best records in the National and American League into the World Series. And at least there would be some fairness to it if it ended up that way. Because they were the two best game, the two best teams, albeit over 60 games. Jeff? And the Dodgers to, and the Dodgers to come back and beat the Braves and Tampa to beat the Astros and the Dodgers to win the series. Like Len said, I think it's their time. Okay. Jeff? Well, truth be told, I was rooting for the Astros only because of their record being under 500 and getting to the playoffs. That's a big, you know, screw you to Rob Manford. I was hoping that would happen because uh, the expanded playoffs was a, was a joke, so... I was hoping for the Astros, knowing that they wouldn't win at all, but I'm, I'm surprised they got did get this far. I'm really, really impressed with the Rays. Uh, the, this kid, uh, Randy Rosarina, unbelievable. The way he's hitting that ball now, the way he's playing. Uh, the rest of that team have no names. I really don't remember any names. Like Kiermaier and uh, I guess Brandon Lau or Lowe. They are really doing very well. So I would not be surprised to see the Rays win it all. I will go with the Dodgers. I think they're going to come back. So I think it's Dodgers and Rays, and it would not – it's a toss-up. You know what? Since you guys are going Dodgers, I'll go Rays. Well, okay. I'm with you. I'm going Rays. So we got a 2 split here. Uh, I I think the Rays are just uh, – like you, I'm quite impressed with the way they play. They play team baseball. They hit the all fields. No <laughs> big names. Defense is unbelievably good. Uh, Kiyomaya is spectacular out in center field. The kid of Damas at, at shortstop is good. Uh, they just hit when they have to hit. They're like the perfect prototype for what I wish the Mets would do. Uh, you know, not, not, it's not all about power with them. It's, it's about, you know, hitting, uh, timely hitting. It's base running. It's defense. And oh my God, it's almost like old school baseball. And, and <laughs> holy cow! In this in this day and age, and look, they've got a decent. Uh, they've got some good pitching. They've got uh, three uh, solid starters, and uh, they piece it together from there. But uh, terrific bullpen so far, and I just like the way they play. And beside that, my brother lives uh, not too far from there, and that's his team down in Florida. So. Uh, he's my big brother. I guess I got to root for them or else he'll yell at me or something. But <laughs> No, I like Tampa Bay. I like them a lot, and I think they're going to beat uh, – I, I think the, the Dodgers are gonna, not going to make it. I think it's going to be the Rays and the Braves. Uh, Dodgers' bullpen doesn't impress me at all. If they don't hit, they get shut down by the Braves pitching. 
they're not going to go anywhere. So we'll see. But uh, I like the Rays to win it all. All right, let's get to some Mets stuff. This is, after all, Mets musings. Even it's though the Gary Mack. <laughs> uh, says something else. This is Mets Musings. Uh, I tweaked my hip. I've got a little uh, problem, so I didn't want to go out to the studio, so I'm in the other studio in the house. But let's talk about the Mets a little bit. Uh, Stevie Cohen, he signed to um, to purchase the Mets. It looks like uh, in November or sooner, I think it should be sooner. I don't think with the technology, like what we're doing now, they can't get 30 owners or 29 owners, the other, to vote on this guy right away. Uh, so when Manfred gets out of the hospital after the show, maybe he can do that and, and give them a chance to build their roster. But look who's coming back, my old buddy, Scrappy Sandy Alderson. Uh, Cohen says he's going to hire Sandy Alderson, going to spend some money. Uh, thoughts on that? We'll start with Len this time. You know, Gary, if, if everything goes right, your show is just going to go downhill. I mean, what, what is what is Matt's musings if we don't have something to complain about? So you need you need an adversary. You need a scrappy Sandy. You know, you need... You know, you guys need, we need a, a Rob Manfred to piss us off sometimes, you know? Um, <laughs> although Jeff brought things a little back to, to center when he mentioned how he wants Houston uh, to win because then a, a below 500 team. Anyway, let's, let's go back to the Mets. Uh, I forget you. <laughs> I think I would... Oh, with uh, with with Sandy's with, back, Cohen yes. could be in. He's going to spend money. What yeah. are your thoughts? Okay, um, great. You know he's going to spend money. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, or maybe it will. It's. I think it's great. He's got a lot of money, but I think he's if he if he overpays for players and they and they don't perform. Um, I don't think the guy's just going to spend. Uh, as they say, willy nilly, and I think you know, I don't think it's going to be as as um, as much of a spending spree in the beginning as as we think. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. I like what he said. Uh, he's going to be um, it's going to change things as far as the the antiquated Mets. Apparently, uh, I guess there are things that they that they do that are basically uh, you know back from the when baseball was first invented <laughs> so um i think it's going to be great going forward it can't it can't be worse right uh, so I, I like it i'm looking forward to it barry just to be clear we were asked who we think will win not who we were rooting for and, and <laughs> go raise i love the way they, they are amazing the way they feel the ball the way they bring guys out of the pen each guy throws harder than the next one and when they came to city field and played the mets i was saying the mets should be looking across the field to see how they can improve their team because the Rays do it the right way. Yep. They have one of the lowest, the lowest payroll in baseball, but they keep churning out players and they, they keep winning. Their defense is spectacular and they lose players, but they just keep going on. So as far as Scrappy Sandy, and we're worried about Manfred that we might have put him in the hospital. And we know Sandy beat cancer now. Hopefully that hoping that he doesn't relapse because you're saying what you said about him. But as far as the hire itself, what I think they should do is just look to the Rays, find someone from within their organization and, and, and hire that person, who, whoever that is. And to have Sandy with money, we'll, we'll, see, how, we'll see how it works. I mean, hopefully... It was the fact that he was hamstrung by the Madoff fiasco that did not allow him to invest in more free agency and, and maybe more infrastructure so that the uh, farm system did deteriorate. Although lately, you have to say the farm system has gotten a little better. If you look at the current roster, there are a lot of homegrown players on it. 
Alonzo, Dom Smith, Conforto, uh, McNeil, Zario, Jimenez, and, and a few more. Don't need they to. were all drafted during uh, Alderson's reign. Right. Mm-hmm. And they've developed into at least uh, a nucleus that the Mets could win with, with, with this new in, influx of cash. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Uncle Stevie will do. The first thing I think he should do, without question, is replace the GM and go from there. That was my next. has got to go. <laughs> I say bring Willie. I say bring Willie Randolph back into the organization. How about that? Okay, Jeff, your thoughts on the initial question? I think you can. You might have to change his nickname. He's going to have Saints. It might be spending Sandy now. Yeah, he's gonna have an owner who who can supply him with some bucks. <laughs> but you know what? I agree with these guys. I don't think it's gonna happen overnight. I think uh, Stevie Cohen is gonna change some and bring some of the uh, analytics up to speed. Now, not obviously analytics, not everything, but they do do things antiquated. You know, maybe, maybe bring in more specialized people who know what they're doing. So we're looking forward to that. As for spending, who who knows? Uh, that that might take a, a while. Uh, first of all, like you said, Cohen has got to get approved, and if they you know, the later that happens, the later they, they they can they can spend. So as, as soon as possible, that that's that's the goal. Uh, you know, there's a couple of you know free agents, but you know these guys are asking the world, which they're going to be surprised. They're not going to get, especially after a season with with no fans, and who knows if fans can even go back next year. So that's going to be, a, I think, a lot of one-year contracts. Maybe uh, I know the number one target is Real Muto. Uh, you know, he wants he, he's thinking two hundred million dollars. He's got to be out of his mind. Yeah. You know, he's out of his mind. But if you get him on a one-year deal, because you don't know of the revenue situation going forward, although Stevie Cohen's the guy who can pay him, over, pay him or overpay him for a few years, maybe that's the guy they should go after. Uh, I, I did send out a list of what I just saw just before the show of some arbitration uh, eligible cases, and they, they project that Conforto is going to get almost fourteen million, Noah at ten, uh, Edwin Diaz is going to be six, about six and a half, and Stephen Matz about five and a half. Now, uh, I'm not ready to give up on Stephen Matz yet. I know he had a terrible year. Did you, you see know, Noah? No, yeah, Noah is about at ten million, nine nine point seven million. So he's going up. They all go up. They go up after after not playing the season, after suffering uh, Tommy John. They never go. They all go up. They I never mean, go down. Now it's amazing. I know, but it's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they should get paid by merit, but it doesn't work that way. I, I love that. <laughs> that's a, that's a, to get a raise and <laughs> wow. Okay, and if, uh, and if Sandy is going to replace uh, Brody. Uh, I'm gonna have to update my resume and get get it out there because uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. And I wouldn't cost that much as Brody, believe me. <laughs> You'd well, be very good. Claim nepotism, yeah. If right. you ended up getting a job <laughs> in the Mets organization, Jeff. Well, I I I hope that uh, uh, you know uh, already. I agree with. Uh, Manfred almost put him in the hospital. I hope I don't put Sandy Alderson in the hospital. But actually, I think it's a good move by Cohen. Uh, it, it, he's a stabilizing guy, Sandy, and uh, I, I think it's it's uh, he's a baseball guy. I think it does a couple of things. Uh, politically, it works well because it may convince the owners that Cohen's not going to come in and pull a Steinbrenner and spend money like crazy to buy a winner. Uh, I think with, with uh, Sandy Walson be, uh, being there, it sends a message too that he's going with a base proven baseball guy. And uh, you know, as much as we criticized him and, or I criticized him and uh, had fun with the, you know, the scrappy Sandy, uh, I, I want to see what he can do with a full bank account and, and no restrictions on him. That being said, I don't think he's going to be uh, uh, totally uh, crazy with the money. I don't think Cohen's going to be totally crazy, though he says he's willing. He's He's got $400 million He knows he's going to lose the next two years. So, uh, 
As far as free agents go, though, I, I'd stay away from Real Muto. He's 30. He's played a lot of games. The $200 million, like you said, Jeff, is just crazy, crazy money for somebody uh, like him. I'd go after McCann at the White Sox, uh, about the same age, but, uh, you know, uh, is a good defensive catcher. Uh, and he's hitting a little bit now. He's been hitting the last couple of years, had a couple of good years. So uh, i take a chance on him. They've got a kid coming up in a couple of years that everybody talks about that says it's going to be terrific, Francisco Alvarez. So uh, he's just two or three years away. So you, you really need somebody to bridge that gap. I, I think it's going to be important, too, for them to uh, sign Conforto. I think Conforto broke out this year. Show that uh, what he can really do. Uh, I know it's only sixty games, but we all, you know, we knew he could hit and everything. He hit thirty something homers last year, so uh, I think this year he hit more for average as well. So uh, I think that's a job that they got to get done. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, any thoughts on uh, the question about? Uh, I think we're all in agreement. Brody should go. You know, I think. It- I've heard several several scenarios uh, out there with several theories that, you know, will Cohen clean house right away or will he, like, sit back and evaluate first? You know what? He, he might do that. Or he might just leave it up to Sandy to do what he, Sandy wants to do. And if Brody goes, uh, that, that, that'd be fine because his trades have been obviously busts. Although I, I would say his drafts the last two years – you know, seemed okay. I guess we'll see what what will happen with these guys when they actually come up. But yeah, his his uh, the way he manipulated this roster and his trades were just, you know, it's hard to defend. Maybe maybe you could have Brody work with Scrappy or spending Sandy. I I don't know if that'll work, but you know, Brody came in as an out of the box you know agent. He was you know totally. Uh, not a GM. And like you said, his drafts may not be bad. His trades are awful. But instead of um, maybe, maybe he's someone who needs some seasoning, works with Sandy. I said before I threw something out and uh, I don't, as, as a, you know, a Willie Randolph. And I know I like to go back and talk about trades that should have never happened. I like to go talk about personnel moves that should have never happened. And I think Willie Randolph, uh, it still gets me how he was treated. And I think he's a great baseball mind. And I think that he should be back in the organization. I like him. I like Omar Minaya. I think these guys are, are very good baseball minds and they should be used. Um, Willie Randolph, though, uh, definitely got a bum deal. You bring in guys like that, and maybe I'm not saying you do a, a you know a roundtable. You know, where everyone somebody's got to make the decisions. But I just think that maybe Brody, uh, you know, works with these guys a little. Maybe it helps. But let me just say uh, there's one thing about Brody, and I'll, I'll hand it off. His whole tenure. Is based on Edwin Diaz. Now, if Edwin Diaz doesn't suck it up like he did, you know, 2019, it's we're talking a whole different thing here. I mean, he blew so many games that he 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 was the reason why they didn't make the playoffs. And who knows what what kind of run they go on? They could have went on a run like the Nationals. So uh, you know, the whole narrative changes. It's all on Edwin Diaz. That's hey, it. And it, and it's because of the plays that he gave up. I mean, right. he gave up two or three. Uh, first round picks, uh, Justin Dunn and Kellen Beck, uh, to get this guy, and he stunk the first year, right? And if he doesn't stink and win the playoffs and we go far, who knows what happens? And then we don't discuss it anymore, right? But it's all based on Edwin Diaz, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the Dodgers would take Edwin Diaz right now. (laughs) Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And as far as the real Muto, that's a really tough call. At two hundred million dollars, that that's crazy money. He's not getting that. Yeah, he's, he's probably not getting two hundred million. But the Mets need a catcher, arguably more than anything anything else. 
and he's out there. He is the best catcher in the game. If the money is right, I think the Mets have to at least make a run at this guy. I think I'd rather make a run after a uh, a starting pitcher like a Bauer. I think that may be more of a, a, you know, uh, and a bullpen guys. I don't know who's available on uh, a bullpen, but uh, then, then the catcher, I think you can find a catcher that can handle the, uh, I, I think they're almost in a position that they have enough offense now to carry them that if you get a weak hitting catcher, I think you can get by. You know, a couple of years ago they needed Ramos. Ramos, they needed the power. They needed, but he sucked this year. I mean, he's he was awful. Uh, you know, in fact, Nito was hitting better than he was at one point until he got sick. Um, and then they just, you know, Sanchez. I've never impressed with Sanchez. Saw him in Brooklyn. Wasn't impressed with him. Uh, but. Uh, you know, uh, these are the things. I that's why I think McCann will be a cheaper alternative, and defensively, I think he's as equal as Riamuto, if not a little better defensively. The hitting is maybe not as equal, but uh, you know, they won with Jerry Grody as a, 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 a two fifty hitter, two forty nine. I think he hit sixty nine. So uh, I, I think you can get a catcher to hit. Uh, 270 or something like that with 15 home is like I think in this day and age you're doing good um, uh, you know they were talking about bringing uh, trying to woo Theo Epstein here but uh, he is the he's the president of the Cubs now right I mean why would he come here for a general manager's job on this Sandy Alderson I think when they announced Sandy Alderson that kind of killed the idea of Epstein coming here. I mean, I wouldn't, and he was making ten million a year. I don't think they're going to pay a general manager ten million a year. And he told now uh, Epstein, uh, it would be a, a, a demotion for for Epstein. And yeah. although he did say the, the shelf life of any uh, president or GM for a baseball team is ten years, and he's been there about ten years now. But once Sandy was hired, there's no way uh, yeah, Epstein's yeah, coming. That he would be out. What about uh, Rojas? Does he uh, escape the guillotine or is he uh, finished? Let me take that one first, Gary. And I want to swing back briefly about the free agent that you mentioned because I totally disagree with you about Trevor Bauer. I, I wouldn't touch him. I think he's just too wacky for New York. I don't think he's a New York type of guy. And the Mets already have a picture that they're paying $25 million in Jake DeGrom. He's worth every penny of it, of course. But what are you going to have to pay Trevor Bauer? Yeah, you, you have to think about that. Yeah. As far as getting back to Rio Muto, like I said before, it's a tough call. And a lot of it depends on the money. I understand what you're saying about McCann. He would be a plan B type of a catcher if they could get him and they wouldn't have to give up too much for him. As far as Rojas and Len mentioned about bringing back Willie Randolph, who, like you said, was got the Royals screwing from the Mets. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned this to you, and I think you had mentioned it on a previous Mets, a previous Mets musings, maybe for a year or two to, to actually bring Terry Collins back and let Rojas be the bench coach. And he can learn from from Terry. Maybe a refreshed Terry Collins would would be a good thing for the match of bringing Scrappy Sandy back or whatever whatever his new nickname is. Collins and Sandy work together. They were successful. And you bring Rojas back. You make the bench coach for a couple of years. He's still under forty years old. And then let's say maybe in twenty twenty two. Or 2023, he takes over as the manager again. This precedent for bringing back someone that Terry Collins aged. Jack McKeon came back well into his 70s and piloted the Marlins to a world's championship. So 
Any thoughts on that? But Trevor Bauer, I, I wouldn't touch. I just don't think he's cut out for New York. I think he's more of a California guy. Well, I think uh, a couple of things there. I, I, I think that Cohen's going to want to do something and, and something along a Trevor Bauer or a real Muto maybe uh, because he wants to get the fans on his side. So I, I think there will be some sort of move in that, that way. Um, as far as Terry Collins, I don't, does Terry Collins want to do it? You know, I don't even know if he wants to do it. Uh, does he want to come back? Does he need to stress? Uh, he looked 10 years younger, everybody says. You saw him in Florida, right? Uh, he looked great. <laughs> yeah, he looked great. So why would he want to come back to this uh, uh, mishmash? Of course, if if you come back with the added, if, if, he, if he mentally can keep things separate and just say, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll do it. It'll be fun this time. I don't have to worry about winning. I don't, you know, I'm not going to worry about winning or losing. Um, maybe. And then, uh, as you say, keep Rojas as the bench coach and, and uh, let him learn uh, under Terry. Uh, but it's amazing. We're even talking about bringing Terry Collins back when people were so hated, uh, hated poor Terry. And uh, uh, here we are bringing him, talking about bringing him back again. Uh, uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, let me just say this real quickly. I think my biggest criticism of Terry was how he managed the bullpen. But I think over the past few years, as I've watched more and more bullpens fail, that maybe just sometimes you just have to place it on the bullpen. I know, Gary, you were not a fan of Joe Girardi being a possible Mets manager, but most people in the sport think that Girardi is a good manager. Well, you saw the Phillies bullpen this year, which makes the Mets bullpen look like the 1990 Cincinnati Reds nasty boys man and that Phillies bullpen was historically bad and sometimes you just have to say it's on it's on the on the bullpen and the pitchers and give the manager cut him a little slack on that because what I mean they they tried they were bringing new pitches in every day and, and it didn't work I mean the Phillies had a collapse this year that was 2007 Mets like, or 1964 Phillies like. They should have made the playoffs, and they just uh, completely bottomed out in that final week of the season. So, as far as the bullpen, you know, sometimes you just gotta say the the pitchers didn't do their jobs. The fault lies with them. Now, I made many notes over this past year about how. Louis Rojas used the pen, especially Diaz, so many times bringing him into almost impossible situations. But when he got a clean inning, he, he was tremendous. And I would even say that about Jerry Familia when he came into a game in a clean inning, he, he, he did okay. He actually didn't pitch that poorly. So the bullpen has been a weakness for the Mets for years. They changed the pitches, but the bullpen doesn't get all that much better. And also sometimes you just got to put it on the starters. I mean, we had, well, of course we have DeGrom. We had a very nice surprise in uh, David Peterson. I agree with Jeff. I wouldn't just completely throw in the towel on Steven Matz. I think in a 162 game season, he might've been able to straighten himself out and at least been a, reliable back end of the rotation pitcher. Maybe Marcus Stroman doesn't opt out and the Mets have a semblance of a, a decent, decent pitching staff. So it's, 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 it's a, it's a tough call. Uh, I, I think that the nucleus is there. They, the changes have to be made and finally getting back to real Muto. I think it's as much the defense as anything because we would all agree that the Mets defense is terrible. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we've seen some improvement this year, uh, but they have to stick to it. Uh, him and Ezra Short and uh, uh, 
uh, really uh, Galorme at second. That that's where your best def- defense is right now, up the middle. And if you can get a catcher in the center field that I can play any bit of defense, they'll be uh, up there. But uh, uh, you guys have any thoughts on uh, the whole uh, thing? What we were just talking about. Yeah, let me just quickly jump in one more time, then I'll give the floor to the rest of you guys as far as the defense. I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, but I said this that within seconds, Keith Hernandez repeated it, and if my wife was here, she would vouch for me because, honestly, I said this. (laughs) It was the next to last game. Actually, it was the Saturday game where the Mets got eliminated. We were talking about a Med Rosario, and I said to my wife, if he was to go down to the Dominican, play winter ball this year, as far as I know, they haven't canceled it, and play for two months exclusively in center field, he certainly has the athleticism to play the position, and he becomes the best regular center fielder. You can leave Jimenez at shortstop. You still have Kiyomi, like you said. You can keep Todd Frazier as a utility player, and and... And once and for all, put Jeff McNeil at one position and leave him there and maybe try to give Dominic Smith some more reps in spring training, make him your everyday left fielder, because he certainly proved that even in this shortened season that he has the bag. I believe he's a finalist for the Hank Aaron Award as one of the best hitters this season in the National League. But just... Put Dom Smith, make him your regular left fielder. He'll be better than Dave Kingman, that's for sure, even if he doesn't become a gold glove left fielder out there. And you have Jimenez as your regular shortstop, McNeil in the infield, Rosie in center field. You at least begin to improve your defense. Okay. Uh, Any other thoughts on that? (laughs) Jeff, you haven't spoken for a while. Uh, well, I think the original question was with Louis Rojas, and uh, it's really hard to judge him on a 60-game season. And like Barry said, he's not out there playing the game. I mean, he's putting those guys in position. You know how many outs they made on, on the bases? How can that be a fault of, of Louis Rojas? But it's that, coaching. That, it's co- right, it's, but that should be done down in the minors. I mean, they, they shouldn't be doing that coaching in, in the major leagues. I mean, that's, that's fundamentals. They should know that. Heck, I know that. You know, I knew that when I was playing little league. Well, this, is, con- years this, this is a conversation we had at a Cyclones game. Remember that's right. that game? We were <laughs> sure. shocked that they were playing. Alfonso had them playing fundamentals, and what happened? I know. They get rid of them at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. And like Barry said, you know, the bullpen has been bad for years. Uh, I'm going to disagree with him a little with Jared's familiar. Yeah, you bring him in a clean inning, but he'll walk two guys and then just put, put himself in the trouble no matter what. <laughs> I keep seeing that all the time. I think he's lonely if he doesn't see people around him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's really hard to judge him on, on a 60-game season. I think he's a good baseball man. I think he has a great lineage with his dad, Felipe Alou. And, uh, you know, he. I can't. I can't see him not pick up the phone and say, "Dad, you know, what would you do in this situation?" and learn from it. So uh, I, I guess I keep him around. Uh, I don't think Terry wants to come back at over seventy years old. I think only um, right now Dusty Baker is the oldest manager at seventy. Um, and the game is, you know, the game obviously has turned uh, to the young youngins. But and the managers don't even manage anymore. They're more like uh, everything's scripted out. You know, they got to put this guy in the sixth inning, this guy in the seventh inning. It's all scripted out, so they don't do really much managing. So uh, I, I think I would keep him for for a little while and see what he can do. Len, I would. So yeah, Rojas has not had. Um, he hasn't had a fair shake shake on this. It, it, can you imagine if if Rojas goes, then you'd had two managers because Beltran is considered to have been a manager. Yeah, Beltran and Rojas, and and together, they wouldn't have managed a 162-game season. <laughs> so, but, yeah, Rojas, again, he got a bum deal. You got to give him some more time. You got to give him another year. Um, something you said before about Theo Epstein, I, I agree, you're not going to bring Theo Epstein, but the only thing is, Sandy Alderson is, you know, he. He had a cancer scare. 
He's uh, 70. Uh, was he? He's 70. He's certainly 72. Okay. How long is he going to stay in this position? So you have to have somebody um, that that's going to come in. Like I said, maybe not Theo Epstein, but you got to have somebody. You can't expect Sandy Alderson to be doing this, uh, you know, for another, what are you going to get, five years maybe? I mean, how, I don't know how long he wants to work. Um, and, and the one thing, I agree with so many things that Barry says and so many things that Jeff says and so many things that Gary, that you say, but I can't get over this clean inning thing. I just, when you've got, I, I, I know you guys are going to fight me on this, but when you have a relief pitcher, I always thought the job of the relief pitcher was to come in and put out the fire. I'm not going to fight you. I okay? I agree. So, Look, it's all mental. It's all mental. I, I just, you know, the fact that, that well, he was good when he came in in a clean inning. Yeah, but that's not his job. You know, it's like having a, a home run hitter. Uh, you have a, ho- a, a home run hitter, and, and he's got a really high average because he's hitting a lot of fingers. Right? That's not that's good music. That's not that's not whose job that you know, and, and the same with a relief pitcher. So anyway, I like that. Is that my theme music? Yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I have theme music now. <laughs> it sounds like a congressional hearing here, Len. You can request your time back. <laughs> I, I demand I get my, two my time back. back. <laughs> I want my time back. Uh, but that's it. So, yeah, this clean inning thing really gets me. So that's. By the way, talking about catches, uh, any way we can get Travis Darnell back? <laughs> have you been I mean seriously have you been finding this on social media all these writers now are saying oh they gave up on him too early but you know what uh, Travis Darno was a good good catch but you know what he didn't make it in New York they, but that's they it move on yeah. you had yeah. plenty of chances yeah and that was another Brody bombshell way instead of sending him to the minors on a rehab assignment they brought him He's a Justin Turner. Time. Rojas, he was two for 23. <laughs> come on, come on. He, he just, uh, it, was, it was his time to go. Yeah, he He's didn't, uh, it was, uh, yeah. right? well, and, and it, again, it, it was, it just happens, it, it didn't work out in New York for them. It happens. Look, it happens to the Yankees too with Sonny Gray. They came in, he stunk, they got rid of him, he's good again. Yeah. It just yeah. happens. It, just, it happens a lot with the Mets. A lot. I, I but I think if you went and you looked at other teams, you'd probably find it's just the same with with other teams that uh you know it's it's not just the Mets. They it's like minor leaguers that come up and they're not good with the the Yankees have had a couple of guys that came up and uh uh, you know, and then they get traded in the trade, and all of a sudden they're, they're great stars. So it, it happens. That, well, good players. It it happens. There's nothing you can do with it. Uh, crazy trade. You, you brought up social media, Jeff, and uh, I actually heard somebody uh, advocating for the Mets trying to get Gary Sanchez. I thought we wanted a catcher that could catch the ball. <laughs> And hit a ball. Yeah, and hit a ball. That's right. I think you know, a cardboard cutout would do a better job of catching the ball. At least they'd be able to block them low in the dirt. Uh, you know, uh, plus I don't think he's that good for uh, uh, morale on a team. And I'm a little concerned with Cano because Cano's still not running the ball out, and uh, I, I don't think that's good because I see. Uh, I saw some games towards the end of the year where other guys were following in that example, and I don't like that at all. Uh, instead of a Brandon Nimmo uh, type of deal where he runs everything out. But uh, being that we're talking about that, we seem to have lost Barry now. Um, oh, he's back. 
any trade ideas, any uh, crazy trades that you uh, have read about or that you uh, think the Mets uh, might uh, try to do or any sane deals that you think that the uh, Mets are going to trade or anybody they may try to trade for or trade? I saw, I saw one on social media, which is a crazy trade. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Not not that I endorse it or anything like that. <laughs> but they wanted to trade uh, J.D. Davis, Ahmad Rosario, and Brett Beatty for uh, Francisco Lindor, who uh, has one year left on his contract. I, I don't know. Yeah, that seems that. a little crazy to me. Yeah, I don't uh, Yeah, that's ridiculous. Again, another first-round draft pick you're going to get rid of. Right. I, you know. Anybody else? Any- any trade I had was and the chances of it happening are almost nil. But the crazy trade I thought of was a cross town deal with the Yankees, and it would involve Glaber getting Glaber Torres, and he would become our, our the Mets second baseman. And it would be you'd probably have to throw a couple of extra guys in there, but it would be like a basically a one for one trade. Glaber Torres to Jeff McNeil, the Yankees would be a would get a pretty good left-handed stick in the lineup. The Mets would have their second baseman for the Mets ten years. Again, prefacing that the chances of this happening are almost zero, but it's just a crazy trade idea that I thought of. And as far as the Terry Collins thing, it's really I'm saying it mostly kidding around because, like you guys said, why would he want to manage again? His life is great right now. But that's well, my crazy trade. You know, some guys, you never know. Barry Bonds was in his mid 20s. Bobby Bonds, I'm sorry. Bobby was trading in his mid 20s. Jeff Lynn, any thoughts? I couldn't hear you. Sorry. Technology. What did, what did you say it again, Barry? Uh, Gary. Oh, the, 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 the crazy trade Any I thought. crazy was trades. Oh. Yeah, I agree. Any trade between the Mets and the Yankees is a crazy trade. Even if it makes sense, it's a crazy trade. So it could be the most sensical There's trade. No way Yankee, trade. There's no way Yankee didn't give up uh, Torres. No. It's like probably, the, uh, probably never, never going to do it. Oh, he's not that great at shortstop. He probably got a second baseman. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't say anything. <laughs> Not knowing everybody else's system, I, I would not. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I do want to throw out a, a name for a, a possible GM. Uh, that would be uh, the, the Brewers GM, Daniel David Stern. Daniel Stern, I think his last name is Stern. Yeah, I think so. he's a New York guy. David Stern. He, he, there's a possibility of him, maybe. Just throwing that out. If, if you want to, uh, I don't know about this guy, but if you want to know. Um, any crazy trade, just ask uh, Brody Van Wagen and what he's thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if if there is a, uh, you know, there's no movement, and I know that usually nothing happens during the playoffs, but I wonder if there's some sort of freeze on him and on the team now. I, I would think there have to be. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. too. I, I think yeah. that, uh, that, that, well, I think Cohen is allowed to uh, consult on on any maneuverings in the front office. Yeah. So I, I think he would tell you know what? Wait till I get in charge. Yeah, because you know if you want to, if if you know, just for example, not that it would happen, I doubt, because he would have no job. But you know, if Van Wagen had figured out, well, I'm not, you know, he's going to fire me. I'll just trade Degrom for, uh, you know, I I, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of anybody. Uh, Maldonado of Houston, you know what I mean? For a 186 hit and catcher or something like that. Uh, and uh, two, <laughs> two 10 round draft picks or something, you know, just in his example. I mean, he could ruin a franchise that could take a few years to, to rebuild again. So there's got to be some kind of breaks on the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, like I, I don't, I don't blame Bob Brody on the, uh, Stroman deal, I mean that that who 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 saw that coming? Seriously, I, I, you yeah, had a guy here year control. You gave up a you know a, a middle prospect and a, and a guy who a suspect you know who's years away for a guy who's proven and you know 
COVID comes and he opts out. Now, I'm not thrilled that he opted out for, uh, I don't think he did it for, for uh, health reasons. I think he did it to protect himself for free agency. Yeah, yeah. So I, w- I would keep him away from the Stroman now, but I th- the deal was at the time was a pretty good deal. And, and I think that, uh, Gary, ahead, I think that the deal with, uh, the, uh, with buying the team is probably like when you buy a house, you know, and, they, and then you have to, they come in and inspect. <laughs> you got to make sure Maybe. that it's in the same condition. Uh, I think it's probably got to be in the same condition uh, because you're right. He could, he could really, he could just say, you know, F you, I know you're not keeping me and uh, I'm just going to trade. Hey, who wants, who wants a DeGrom? Who, you know, yeah. who wants an Alonzo? Give me, what are you giving me? I'll give you, I'll give you a bag of balls sold. <laughs> and now have we, have we found out whether or not that, uh, uh, the Cyclones in St. Lucie and Syracuse are definitely in the deal. Yes. Yes. Okay. And SNY is now apparently up, up for uh, bids as well. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard that. But I, w- I still wasn't sure about the uh, Cyclones. We don't even know. Uh, it's so screwy. We don't even know what the deal is going to be with minor league baseball. That's why I think these winter meetings are going to be. Uh, more fascinating than than ever because we have to find out. I, I know everybody's not interested in minor league baseball, but it's such a, a vital part of this. And we happen, well, I mean, I am. I'm, I happen to be very interested in it, and uh, especially in the Brooklyn uh, uh, outcome. And uh, uh, they're even talking about Staten Island now. It could be a possibility of joining the Atlantic League, which would be at least somewhat interesting. At least they'd have a rivalry with the Ducks, I guess. Uh, you know, the Long Island Ducks uh, being at the Staten Island uh, Cyclones thing would be gone. But, uh, I mean, it's kind of up in the air. Are they going to be a double-A team? I mean, you know, they got to get these things settled because they got to know where to send these players. It's, it's, it's crazy. They've lost a whole year. I know they played in Brooklyn this year, some of the top prospects, but they've lost a whole year of, of a lot of these players and, and their development. And that's, you know, not good. That's, can't get it back. That's, can't get that's it back. good. Yeah, that's not good at all. Well, any closing thoughts from uh, anybody want to say anything at all about the, the upcoming season? I don't know if we covered everything, but we covered a lot of ground. And Len's got to get back to work. Uh, can I do a shameless plug? You could do anything you'd like. On our next episode of Baseball and BBQ coming out on Saturday, we have an interview with with Mike Nola and Gary Mack is oh. going to be on that interview, on that show. So tune into Baseball and BBQ. It's dropping Saturday morning. And, and, and on that episode, we have none other than the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, Emily Detweiler. So... <laughs> That's that's almost like two, right. I mean, furthermore, pictures for the White Sox. Exactly. So that is a that is a jam packed episode that I'm beginning to think we should charge for. <laughs> well, I'll have to listen in because it was such a long time ago we recorded, it and I forget what I even said on that. <laughs> well, I will tell you this though: it may have been a long time ago, but Shoeless Joe Jackson is still not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's still so. And that was nothing, fun, that hasn't uh, changed. That was a fun episode to do. That guy was uh, Mike Nola was very interesting and, and knew his stuff, and we had a ball doing that one. So, uh, thank you for uh, for that, and thank you for having me on for that, Barry. Anything you want to add? Yeah, always enjoy these roundtables. Looking forward to them approving Uncle Steve and him taking over and going forward with it, with this team. Hopefully, things will eventually get back to normal. We'll get a 162-game season next year going forward. At least I hope so. And uh, once again, it's always a pleasure doing the roundtable with you guys. And Len and Jeff, I definitely look forward to listening to your next baseball and barbecue because as i've said before on your show and in general i love the kansas city barbecue thank you we like any kind of barbecue (laughs) 
it's an honor. It's an honor to be on. It's an honor to be on this show with you guys. And uh, every time we do this, it it's just it's fantastic. We love it. Uh, really, Gary, Barry, Jeff, you guys are the best. So thank you for having me. You too. Well, thank, thank you uh, for great. taking the time out and uh, being out with doing shameless plugs. There will be a, a new episode of uh, the Baseball Talk radio show coming out hopefully tonight or this afternoon. I'm going to start working on that after I get done uh, here recording this. Rich and I did a show yesterday, uh, so uh, please uh, check that out when it when it drops and uh when this one drops uh, check it out and, and i hope you'll go back and listen to my interview with david krell author of new york mets uh po- in pop culture or popular culture uh book of essays he's got out that he edited and and uh, my my uh tom siever episode there where we talked to john matlack and skip lockwood so i hope you'll go back check them out and uh i want to thank you all for coming on today and i want to thank you all for listening out there don't forget to subscribe on itunes apple play google play youtube wherever you listen or watch the podcast it helps us to uh grow the show and hit the subscribe button that helps us uh, expand to new listeners and until next time remember to keep the faith stay optimistic and let's go let's go Mets. Mets. and i'll see you next time on another edition of Mets music